and welcome back to Gay Fat Friend and Friends, the podcast for dreamers. Are we dreaming? <laughs> Are we dreaming? Oh my God. That reminds me of a story. Okay. Let's take it back. Uh, every year, back in the day, my best friend and I used to go to Lollapalooza in Chicago. And it was such a treat and a dream. But let's be honest, music festivals are a young man's game. I could not I could not do that now. I could not do at 43 what I did at, what, 28? Um, but yeah, every year we would go to Chicago. I'd make the trek from L.A. to Chicago and do Lollapalooza. I think we did three years in a row oof i don't know kendra if you're listening correct me one year we went to Lollapalooza, and we it was like an afternoon show because you know like music festivals they have bands throughout the day i want to say the first one is at like 10 a.m and somebody was performing like an 11 a.m children's show i don't remember who it was but it was somebody big it wasn't eddie vetter but it was somebody that we wanted to see and we were like they're playing a kid's tent at 11 a.m let's go see what this is about so we went to this kids performance at Lollapalooza early on a Saturday morning. We're all just hung over from the night before having seen so many amazing bands. Did I say it was 2008? It, it was 2008. I'm pretty sure. So we go to this morning show and at the beginning of the show to introduce whoever we were seeing come out was, was Perry Farrell, lead singer of Jane's Addiction and Ethereal Sprite. If you've never seen him speak, he is just very childlike and inquisitive uh he has a for lack of a better person to compare him to he has a very michael jackson childlike quality to him and so he came out to introduce whoever we were seeing and he walked out real slow almost like cartoony villain style with like the hunchback and the hands and he had a microphone and it was very loud. And he was like, hello, everyone. Good morning. Are we dreaming? Is this a dream? Are we dream? Maybe we're dreaming. He just kept saying dreaming in that voice. And so since then, my best friend and I have quoted Perry Farrell saying, are we dreaming? Almost constantly. It just burned into our brains. It was, as the kids like to say, a core memory. And we say it constantly. Are we dreaming? And now you probably will too. Um, hello. Welcome back to the pod. Thanks for tuning in. Great to see you. Uh, I've been in my head a lot about reminiscing and feelings and stuff. And, and talking about Lollapalooza is reminding me of this phenomenon, it's, I can't really put my finger on it. I don't know what to call it. I can't find the word, but it's almost like, can you believe we were there for that? And what I mean by that is like times in your life that you can think back to and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I was there for that. And I either missed it or didn't enjoy it enough or didn't realize what it was when it was happening. I mean, even on the smallest scale, one day Rob and I were at Target and we, have, we must have walked into Target right when they stocked all the Stanley Cups. This was like a year ago. And there was this big display of Stanley Cups of like every color and pattern. And I was like, should we get one? I don't even care about Stanley Cups. And he was like, no, but the, the shelves were full. And then later we found out that those cups sold out like wildfire. And we were there and we had the opportunity to grab one. We didn't need one. We're not flippers. We don't you know, participate in that kind of business. It's just funny because it's like, oh, we didn't know what we had when we had it. 
And Lollapalooza makes me think about that a lot because we saw some just amazing shows and bands and performances that we didn't really appreciate to the fullest as you do now looking back. Like I got to see Lady Gaga perform at like a one o'clock in the afternoon show on a a side stage. She was still brunette. She was wearing the disco ball bra. And I remember seeing her name in the schedule and I was like, huh, Lady Gaga, that sounds fun. Let's go walk by. And then we watched her set and I was like, oh, that's just fun. Dancy pop music. Cool. And now she's my number one pop star of all time. But I didn't know that at the time that I was seeing Gaga's birth into music. You know, that's that that's one of those shows that you're like, I was there when it happened. And while I was there, while it was happening, I didn't really appreciate it enough. I mean, I have her tattooed. I'm showing the camera. If you're just listening, I'm showing the camera. I have her tattooed on my arm. Like Gaga is such a big part of my life. And I got to see her when she was a baby. And it's just nuts. I wish I could go back in time and see her again. But also at Lollapalooza, I got to see the Daft Punk Pyramid Show, which is a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, that's never going to happen again. And it is one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. I just remember it was at the same time as Kanye and I did not want to see Kanye. So all my friends went to Kanye. I went to Daft Punk by myself and we were all just packed in there, you know, standing up, obviously packed in there body to body. And we were all just kind of moving as one. And I just remember feeling happy Enjoy, and I was. I mean, I'd had a couple beers, maybe. Um, I did, I did take a couple hits off of someone's joint. I don't smoke weed, I don't know why I did that, but I was just like in the moment, and I was like, you know what, when in Rome, smoke weed from strangers, I guess. But I just remember being so happy and at peace and enjoying that show. It was literally one of the best concerts I'd ever seen in my life. But I also thought I would be able to see Daft Punk again later in life. And then that never happened because now they're, I mean, they're pretty much gone, right? I don't think they've reunited. They're broken up. They keep releasing the same album over and over and over again. I think there's like 10 versions of Random Access Memories at this point. We get it. You had a great album. It won Grammys. Now get move along. Give us new stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about that because I, I, I get in my nostalgia feelings a lot now, especially at 43. And I just think about those moments in time where like I was a part of something. I had something. I was in front of something. And it was so it would prove to be so much bigger. And I just, I, you know, maybe I just didn't appreciate it like I should have. I had fun. I enjoyed my time. I Like I said, I have the memory that I was there and I got to be there. I just wish I could go back in time and enjoy it fuller. <laughs> All right, moving on. It's time for apparently the first segment of every show now. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Hello, housekeeping. Um, I'd like to start that I did go back to the dentist. I'm sorry if I really creeped anybody out with all my dental talk. I know that talking about stuff can really activate stuff in your brain. But I did go back to the dentist for my last filling. See, the reason I had to do two appointments is because I had two cavities on either side of my jaw and they won't numb your entire jaw at once which is dumb i just put me out numb me okay but the first filling was not the best because he numbed all of my soft tissues and none of my teeth well i went back for the second filling and i told him i was like hey doc great job last week a couple of notes please numb me so hard that my ancestors can feel it i want to be numbed completely and he was like okay we can do that i was like 
give me as much numbing as you can physically give someone for a tooth without killing me or causing permanent damage. And he was like, sold. I got you. So he, I don't know, poked me four or five times with that numbing needle. The only thing is, now he did, I will say, he did numb me to the gods. I was, I mean, I could have chewed my own lips off. I could have pierced my cheek. I felt nothing. I was numbed. But he didn't give me any time. Every single dentist I've ever been to has numbed me. And then they leave the room. And then they're like, okay, I'll be back in like six to 10 minutes. I talked about this last week. Normally they numb you and then they leave. So it has time to activate. Well, he numbed me hardcore and it was working. You know, I couldn't feel my tongue. My lip was drooping, everything. But he didn't give it any time to activate. So then he was like, all right, are you numb? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And he went in and he did the filling really fast. I mean, it was a baby filling, the tiniest of fillings. It happened so quick. Um, but then as I'm paying and leaving, I can feel it getting number. And I get to my car because I had planned on like going to Starbucks, having lunch, going grocery shopping. I get to my car and it just keeps getting more and more numb. So I canceled all my plans and came home and let it develop. It did finally wear off after about two hours. But, oh, my God, it was such a treat that it actually worked in the chair. And he was able to do the filling without me feeling anything. The only problem is it stuck with me for a little longer than I'm comfortable with. Because even though it does suck to numb me for my procedures, one of the things I love is that usually within 20 to 30 minutes, it's all back to feeling when I leave the dentist's office. I, I did start, start to get a little scared because people do love to tell you about their horror stories. That's the thing about dental work, too. Once you open the door of your horror stories, everyone else follows through and says, well, this is what happened to me one time. And then you're like, oh, no, not that. I, I didn't want all that. Thank you for telling me um, I'm going to have nightmares now. A few people were like, oh, one time I went to the dentist and I, he caused permanent nerve damage and I still can't feel that part of my jaw. Or one time he numbed me and I didn't have feeling for six months. And I'm like, I, I don't need to hear all that. Love you. Love your work. But please don't tell me about your horror stories. I'm currently dealing with my own. So when I was sitting here at home waiting for that to wear off, I was like, is this it? Is this my permanent numbing? It it could be. I don't know. We'll see. Luckily, it did wear off. My mouth came back to life. Whoa. That's what she said. Um, and yeah, I recovered. And now all my teeth are filled and glorious. And hopefully I don't need any more work until the next time I need work. <laughs> like getting braces. I need to see if our insurance covers adult orthodontia, which was the stupidest thing I discovered on our last insurance plan when they said, oh, we don't cover braces past the age of 18. What? what? What kind of stupid witch doctor bullshit is that? That is not fair. If you have the insurance to cover braces for anybody, why don't you have the insurance to cover braces for everybody? Why do you have to age gate it? That's so dumb. But anyway, I need to look in to see if I'm available for braces, which hopefully I will get Invisaligns. Last time I checked, Invisalign was $5,000. Hopefully it's gone down. Although I doubt it because since when do prices go down, huh? <laughs> uh, every day is a battle. I just love it. <laughs> On another housekeeping note, I went to the doctor and got tested for COPD and I don't have it. I just have asthma, regular old, plain old, huffy, wheezy asthma. So I got some new inhalers and we're all good to go. Um, I did get a chest x-ray. I did all the tests to see if I did in fact have COPD or some weird form of pneumonia or something like that. 
And my doctor was like, nope, you're good. I did, however, get diagnosed as fat. Yes, it happened again, as it always does. Whenever I go to a new doctor, I always get diagnosed as obese, which is just a joke uh, for someone in my body because I'm 6'7". And obesity and BMI, all these like stupid numbers to classify people, they don't work on people like me. I'm a giant. I'm like a literal legal giant. You can't calculate a weight number off of me because I'm huge. I'm freaking huge. You know, technically, if you're going to do BMI by the numbers, The Rock is obese. He might even be morbidly obese. It's just a stupid number that doesn't mean anything anymore, and we really need to stop using it. Not only is it sexist, it's racist because it was only tested on, like, white men. Like, BMI was invented for white men. Anyway, I don't need to go super in-depth on this because another podcast called Maintenance Phase has done the deep diving on all of the obesity trends and stuff like that. And they have a really good episode on BMI and obesity, pretty much dispelling every single thing we know about obesity and BMI. And when it comes to numbers, all right, don't Don't listen to the numbers and don't let doctors diagnose you with this shit anymore. I know that it's like an insurance thing and it's got to go on your permanent record or whatever, but just know in your head, it's not real. When it comes to health, your weight doesn't really have anything to do with that. If anything, I would like them to classify being 6'7 as a disability. Because honestly, you guys, it is so hard to be tall. I know everybody thinks like it's probably just the best thing ever and, you know, great at concerts or whatever. But I can't find pants or clothes really anywhere that fit me. It, it is always hard to find clothes. I have to special order everything off of the internet. I don't fit in anything like cars, planes, movie theaters. I'm always uncomfortable. My knees touch every dashboard of every car I've ever sat in in my life. I don't even fit. I physically don't fit in smart cars. You know, Rob, my teeny tiny husband, has always kind of been obsessed with smart cars. Well, back during the pandemic, we finally got to try one on and I don't fit. I cannot get in a smart car and shut the door. So that's off the list. Um, I have to pay extra for legroom seats on planes. I have to pay extra for tall clothes. Like, there's a tall tax, so you don't want this, okay? I I know it sounds dumb, but I would give anything to be 5'11 for one day, just to see what it's like, just to see what it's like to go into a store and buy pants. But I know I shouldn't complain because being tall does have a lot of upsides. Like, I'm easy to find in crowds. I instantly get respect when I walk in a room. People naturally fear me occasionally because they're just afraid of big people. I get it. It's okay to be tall, too. But sometimes it would be nice to, I don't know, get some kind of benefit from the government for being this big. It's not like it's easy. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's take a little break and I'll be right back. And we're back. I just had a nice little coughing fit and then I blew my nose and drank some water. You know, I really need to start doing some more vocal warm ups because when you don't talk all day and then you talk nonstop, it's it's not good for the voce. Uh, you got to really warm that gal up. But uh, I decided in this half of the show, I wanted to talk about drag race. It's time. I think it's time. Um, did you guys know that I worked there? If you're just now following me, if you're just now finding me, I did produce season seven. I was an associate challenge producer, which means we wrote 
and created all the challenges the queens had to do. And everybody always gave season seven shit. But now that you look back, season seven, I think, and I'm not kidding, I think season seven was one of the best seasons of Drag Race ever. I mean, think about all the girls that were on season seven. They're all famous now. Every single one of them. Icons, okay? Trixie, Katya, Fame, Violet, Ginger. Literally, some of the biggest drag queens from the franchise came from season seven. So... You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I had nothing to do with casting. I did not find them, but I was responsible for the Shakespeare challenge. So, you know, let's give it up for Shakespeare. <laughs> it might not have been a great challenge, but it's a challenge everybody talked about. Okay, so that's a win in my book. But I wanted to talk about the current season of Drag Race, season 16. I think that we are so deep into Drag Race now that we're starting to have these tropes of drag queens like if you think about it there's like there's always like an overachiever there's always like a quirky underdog uh, there's always like a high fashion gal like this season in particular dawn gives off hardcore Trixie vibes uh and willow pill i mean dawn looks almost identical to willow pill and then tsunami looks like Naomi Smalls. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was like, wait a minute, is that Naomi? There was one look that Tsunami did that I was like, oh my God, that is Naomi Smalls. Q gives off hardcore like Jan, Rosé, and Lucy vibes. Like, you know, that, that, that like super technically perfect queen on paper, right? Great makeup artist, great drag, good sense of humor, came prepared, can sew, can dance, can sing, all this stuff. But something about them is just a little too much. It's, um, oh, what's her name from Glee? It's it's giving uh, uh, Leah Michelle. <laughs> there it is. Found it. Uh, it's very much that Leah Michelle character from Glee where like they do everything well. They are great at what they do, but something's just not clicking. And then they don't win and then they freak out because they're like, I did everything right. I made the dress. I memorized every word. I sang the song. My makeup was perfect. Why am I not winning? And we're starting to get that every season. So I think it's fun to watch. I think it's I think it's fun to see who's the new insert name here. You know, who's the new Katya? Who's the new Trixie? That's fun to me. But I also wanted to talk about Plain Jane. So Plain Jane was getting the villain edit. And I guess you could say she's still getting the villain edit. But I don't think she's a traditional villain. Because like, if you think about her compared to other villains in the past, there's something about her, her where it's not super serious. I almost feel like she might be on the spectrum the way she talks because I I don't feel like she's purposely walking up to people, especially like Amanda. She, I don't think she's walking up to people and saying the things she's saying to be mean, to hurt someone's feelings. I think she's just speaking her mind and it's coming off as mean, but I don't know. Then if you kind of watch the other girls in the background and the rest of the edit, they're all laughing and kicking and Jane, plain Jane definitely doesn't fight with anyone. You know, when, when Amanda yelled at her back, she was like, she's very calm and cool and collected with her responses. And she's not like fighting like last season, they had Irene the alien, right? Is that her new name? Irene the alien. She was kind of mean just to be mean. And you could see there was a thing in her smile and her laugh and her comebacks where she was trying to get sound bites and she was trying to get, I think the villain edit plain isn't doing that. 
I think there's something behind playing that it might be a little bit of editing, but also I don't think there's this like hardcore malice behind what she's saying. I don't know. I I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, whichever one uh, deals with mental issues. I'm not a sociologist, but just, just I'm really enjoying watching plane move through this competition. And I really do think she's going to win. She's my top. I know that a lot of other people have said, um, Oh God, what is, what is her name? The banana queen. Uh, Nymphia. Nymphia wind. Oh my God. That took me so long to figure out. Uh, anyway, a lot of people are saying that Nymphia is going to win, but I, I think Nymphia is going to pull a Valentina and I think she's going to fuck up a limp sync or she's going to do something wrong or like one of the girls that has immunity is going to use their immunity against her. So then like she has to go. I don't know. I don't think that Nymphia is going to win. I think she is a top contender. I think she is great, but there's just something missing. I mean, we're very early in the season. Literally anything could happen. And like, I'm not a drag queen. I don't know what goes into it. I don't know who's going to win. But just watching the show, I feel like Plain Jane is going to win. She's my top queen right now. And I don't think she's as mean as everyone is saying she is and as the show is setting her up to be. It's funny. I could talk about Drag Race forever. I really do love it. I can't believe that I got to work there. That's another one like I was talking about earlier. That's another thing that like I can't believe I was there for this thing. And it was such a magical experience. Um, and it's funny doing a podcast and talking about it because a podcast is why I didn't get hired back for season eight. <laughs> um, I went on a podcast uh, that I do not want to talk about, but I went on a podcast and just talked about working on the show after I worked on the show. And uh, the producers of the show did not like that. They did not like that I talked about the show. I didn't give away any secrets and I didn't say anything bad, but just the fact that I was talking about the show, period, they didn't like um and so i did not get back asked back for season eight which is a bummer because i really loved working there it was a really magical time i mean i got to meet john waters and take a picture with him and talk to him and he was just a treasure meeting john waters was everything i wanted it to be and more we only got to talk for maybe two minutes but he is exactly what you want him to be and uh I hope I hope that another time in life I get to meet John Waters again and we can actually like talk and hang out because he is such a magical human being. And I just I loved him so much. And yeah, I got to meet Ariana Grande and Mel B. I got to meet Scary Spice. I mean, I got to meet a Spice Girl. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. That was a very magical moment. I'm probably going to do another episode just talking about my time on Drag Race because I have a lot of stories and a lot of cool stuff, but like I said, it's one of those things that I was in the moment. It was happening to me. I was in the space and I guess I just didn't fully appreciate it. Like I do now looking back, I'm like, I was there. I saw all this happen and it was so cool. Anyway, I'll do a deeper dive on my time at drag race on another episode, but I think now is the perfect time to move on to our final segment. Everybody's favorite segment. What's your order? What's your order? I have here my trusty blue rip and dip box filled with the names of classic favorite fast food restaurants. So far we've done KFC, 
Subway, and Five Guys. Let's see what we get today because I'm very excited. I love this segment so much. I could talk about fast food forever, every day for the rest of my life. It's such a treat and a dream. So today's restaurant that we're going to talk about, my order is... Domino's, bing, 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 bing. Domino's pizza. Oh, what a delicious, disgusting pizza, huh? <laughs> we ate so much Domino's during the pandemic because of that GD app. Oh my God, you could literally just tap on your phone like three times, and in less than 30 minutes, pizza would be at your door. Oh, what a dream. I miss it so much. Look, I don't want this to be a podcast where I talk about how much I miss LA, but. I miss the pandemic in LA so much and Domino's was Domino's got us through. Okay. So my Domino's order is a pan pizza with sausage, mushroom, and extra cheese. And then I also like to get an order of wings, either boneless or on the bone. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes one is cheaper than the other. Sometimes they don't have the other one. And then lots of ranch. That is my perfect dream Domino's order. And then we always have Coke Zero in the home. So I just love a nice crispy Coke Zero with a pan pizza from Domino's. Ugh, thinking about it now, it's just such a delicious pizza. And wings. Ugh, I love their hot sauce. It's so good. And their ranch is so delicious. Now look, we can get Domino's here in Seattle, but it is very far away. Um, they will not deliver to us because we are in a delivery dead zone. No one will deliver to us. And if we want to do like DoorDash or something, they had a $20 service fee. Did you guys hear about this, by the way? Did you hear that in Seattle? So I guess the city of Seattle passed this like gig worker uh, ordinance where if you're a gig worker, you have to be paid at least at least minimum wage from the app or something. I don't know. But to combat this, Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, Grubhub, they all just added it into what the consumer pays. So now in Seattle, if you want DoorDash or something, the delivery fees are like $15 and $20. I'm not even kidding. It's so expensive to get deliveries from these apps now that it makes it almost pointless. And all the people they were protecting, all the gig workers they were trying to protect with this ordinance are now getting screwed because either no one's using the apps anymore or no one's tipping. I heard the other day, I saw a TikTok. This lady was like, oh, I used to do DoorDash for extra cash and I, I would at least make this much money in tips. She was like, I just did 10 orders in a row, not a single tip from any order. That is such bullshit. That is such bullshit, you guys. I'm a firm believer that if a restaurant offers delivery, you should get that restaurant's delivery straight from them. Like you shouldn't use an app. But if these apps are going to exist, they got to figure out a way to make them, you know, not so crazy expensive for us to use. I would love to have food delivered to me. I just don't want to pay a $20 service fee because I'm still going to tip. If I use something, I'm going to tip. So then I'm going to pay a service fee and a tip. Come on. That's too much. So, yeah, we can drive way far away to get Domino's. But by the time we get it home, you know, it's cold. It's soggy. It's just it's not the same. It's not the same. Also, it's not the same picking up your own pizza. I know that Domino's tried to do that thing where they were like, you know, pick it up instead of delivery and you get $5 off or something. And it's just like part of having Domino's is that someone brought it to you. If you have to go out of your way to get Domino's, you're not going to get Domino's. You're going to get something better. It's not like Domino's is this great, delicious, great pizza that you got to go out of your way for. The convenience is what made it good. Oh, and the tracker, 
Oh, I missed that pizza tracker. It was such a delight. I heard that it's a timing thing. Like I heard that like when the steps happen in the tracker, that's not real time. It's just the, that's the steps that happen every time when they're like, Jeff is making your pizza. Jeff, put your pizza in the oven. Jeff just took your pizza out of the oven. Apparently there's not actually a person named Jeff pushing these buttons and making your pizzas. It's all just part of the app, but you know what? I live for that kind of, that's my favorite kind of lie. If you're going to lie to me, lie to me about food and lie to me about how quickly something is happening. But still, it would always end up on your doorstep in 30 minutes. Delicious. And, oh, man, Domino's sounds so good right now. Plus, tonight are the Grammys. And there's something about award shows and pizza that just go hand in hand. I'm going to talk to Rob. Maybe we will go to Domino's tonight. I had other plans, but maybe we'll go to Domino's now because that sounds delicious. I do this to myself every time. I should pretty much just bank on having whatever I pull out of this box for dinner because every single time I do it, I just want to eat that. Now, Rob's order from Domino's, he loves a hand-tossed or a thin crust, and he always gets, like, just pepperoni, or he'll get, like, pepperoni and green peppers. I will say Domino's has a delicious thin crust pizza. It is it is very good. It's cut in squares like Emo's, my favorite pizza on the planet. Um, it's thin and crispy, and it is delicious. But if I'm going to, especially now here in Seattle, if I'm going to make the effort to get Domino's, I'm getting the pan, I'm getting sausage, mushroom, extra cheese, and I'm getting the wings. Pizza and wings, match made in heaven. Uh, all right. Well, that has been another delicious episode of Gay Fat Friend and Friends. You guys, this is so fun. I love that I just get to hang out with you every Sunday and record this podcast. And I edit it and upload it on Wednesdays. And it's just, it's been so fun. I love that I'm finally doing this. And I love that you guys are enjoying it and participating and responding to it. So please tell me what your Domino's order is. If you ever go to Domino's, I know a lot of people do not like Domino's, especially if you have other options like Pizza Hut or something. But Tell me what your Domino's order is. Tell me if you want to hear anything specific about Drag Race, and I'll let you know if I'm allowed to talk about it. And if I'm allowed to talk about it, I'll tell you. And yeah, I hope you guys are having a great week wherever you are. I can't wait to see you on the next one. All right, I'll talk to you then. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.